0: Welcome to the Breaking Bots Podcast. Please put on your safety goggles, tighten your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Here are your hosts, Brian and Cam.
1: Hello friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, and just before we begin, I just want to start off by saying if you like what you what you're hearing, what you've been listening to. Give us uh, give us a review on iTunes, and you know, give us give us five stars. We like five stars, or or even four. We know we're not perfect. Yeah, you could say four, and how we could improve, and I will take that to heart. Yeah, Cam will look at that. I probably won't.
0: <laughs> so
2: we had um we had week fourteen of BattleBots this week. It was uh, essentially when in your in week uh, we had. One two three four five
1: six seven eight matches. I see. I kind of like this format because it's almost like it's a a twenty four team tournament, or I guess twenty five because they had had they had a three way three team rumble. And uh, yeah, it was. I kind of thought it was funny that Bloodsport hit somebody so hard they flew themselves out of the arena, but and all the different camera angles they had of that were great. Oh yeah, that was a fun one. I I, I did kind of. <laughs> we're record. just we're talking about that now because later on we have the uh, I'll, I'll call him legendary Hal Rucker on yeah, the show, I? and he he doesn't like to talk about rumbles, so we can talk about that one now. Yeah, it's, why does why does only Donald Hudson get the legendary moniker? Yeah, I was gonna you know we had. Uh, the the peeps from death roll on last week and they mentioned lockjaw and i i almost stopped him and said you pronounced it wrong but i didn't good for you so my wife always says when we interview Hal that i talk too much so let's
2: stop talking and we'll uh we'll throw this over to our interview with hal rucker from duck no you
1: pronounce it wrong it's duck Alrighty, folks, and we are back, and this week we have our... Old friend of ours. Yeah, our... I I feel like we can say that now. Uh, For the fourth time, we have him on. Yeah, you know him from Team Duck. Please welcome back Hal Rucker. Hal, how are you doing this evening?
3: I'm doing very well, thank you.
2: Good. Great to hear from you again. Now, I'm... We won't harp on a loss, but we I guess we'll start with asking about the um the Yeti fight that was uh you know the play in for the playoffs. Um when you got the call that it was going to be you versus Yeti, did you feel that that was a good matchup for you, an okay matchup or just one that um you weren't exactly sure what to think?
3: Um to answer that question can I talk about the fight against Lockjaw? Absolutely. Yeah,
2: we didn't uh, we didn't talk about that
1: last time. We yeah, had yeah, I think him on. the last time we had you on was right after the Cobalt fight. So
3: yeah, go right ahead. Please do. Well, in our um, bombshell match, we didn't really learn much about our lifter, and then in our Cobalt match, we didn't learn very much about our lifter because they literally vaporized it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the
1: thing um, uh, went off at Mach one.
3: Yes. It was there, and then it wasn't. Um, But then against Lockjaw, we really had an opportunity to use our lifter, and we learned a lot of unfortunate truths from that match. Uh, One was that the judges were not going to give us credit for breaking Lockjaw's weapon when we kept running into it. Their perception was that his robot broke and we weren't getting credit for doing that. Um, and to the extent that's our strategy, that's uh, becomes a big challenge. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, we, we, we broke, he didn't do any damage to us. We either broke his weapon or convinced him that he needed to turn it off because it was smoking. And then it was, I thought it equal both of us going at each other equally. And we lost on a unanimous decision. Um, the other thing we discovered against Lockjaw was that we had added a spike to the top of our plow, and we were going to use that as an active hammer to score aggression and damage points. Mm-hmm. And that also was perceived as flailing. Okay. Uh, the audience perceived it that way, and the judges perceived it that way. So we were hammering away, thinking we're scoring points. And what was really happening was we were losing points because it looked like we were out of control. Interesting. So that's the segue to the Yeti match. What are you going to do? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. if we break his weapon, that's not going to be perceived as a a big win for us. And if we flail and hammer away, that's just going to make us lose points. Um, So in one sense, we were very happy to be fighting yeti uh not because they're not a great bot at this point in the tournament everyone's got a great bot mm-hmm. but because they are a spinner and they're pretty high up and we knew we could get underneath him so of all the worst cases possibilities we are pretty pleased that we were matched up against him
0: okay okay
3: but the things that we are concerned about turned out to be true uh we broke his weapon but that didn't seem to matter and uh when we tried to score points with our hammer, it, it looked like we were flailing.
1: Yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you about. Was, uh, I mean, it does essentially almost seem like it, Duck is out of control at some times. Uh, so that, what you're saying, is that more of a, I guess that's more of a perception problem than Duck actually being out of control.
3: There are times when we're out of control, and, um, but not all the time. And if you were to ask me why the lifter did certain things during that match, like sometimes it looked like it pushed down when it was supposed to push up. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
3: that happened a few occasions and other things. I, I can't answer it firsthand because I wasn't controlling the lifter. Okay. But um, in Gabe's defense, it's it's hard to quickly tell the difference between being duck being upside down or being upside up. So it's, hard to determine really quickly which way the lifter should go.
2: Okay. And, yeah, I was going to ask that, too, about the about the lifter, if you guys were using that. And I think you've answered it. it was it more that you were using it offensively? Because sometimes it looked like that was essentially your escape plan, was to kind of keep wiggling your way out of, you know, when somebody maybe had you in, somewhat in a corner. So were you using it for both, or was that mostly really offensive that the judges – and I guess us weren't perceiving as offensive.
3: It was supposed to be offense, okay, but it didn't look like it, did it?
2: No, and I guess no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess we'll, you know, we won't, we won't attack the judges later, but we're going to kind of ask you, you know, like Oh No, no I,
1: I will attack the judges later because it, there was some questionable decisions.
2: I agreed with what Hal was saying about the lockjaw fight. I didn't see or hear anybody and i guess i wasn't you know like i wasn't going out trying to find things that said the judges were wrong but i at the end of the fight i was like well lockjaw was smoking duck was fine i didn't see how that was a unanimous decision i guess i mean i I wasn't necessarily thinking oh how was robbed but i thought that was a lot closer than a unanimous decision for
1: sure yeah
3: it was uh i i can tell you that people more important than i am thought that it was a bad decision. Hmm. But if you're watching the match and you're just going by the, oh, I I can see who won. I I, I mean, it looked, I could see how people thought Lockjaw won. Um, But the the point of bringing up the Lockjaw match was to bring up, you know, how do we think about what happens after that? Because kind of all of our options aren't as happy as we thought they would be
0: yeah
2: and i had seen you know people were saying about that too they said was he hammering with that or was that simply a, a flail and yeah, i didn't quite i wasn't sure either because it, it, it happens so fast and i wonder and i guess we can go ahead and ask you about this um you know judging i mean they're watching it all live too and they probably see things that we don't see and we probably see things that they don't is there anything that can be done to kind of help them? Because I don't know if the judges are simply hamstrung by what they have or the rules that they have in place. But if you were, let's say, put on a committee to, you know, like tidy up the judging a bit, what do you think you might
1: introduce? Uh, if I was king of Battlebots, <laughs> yes, much better title than on a committee.
3: uh one change i would make is to have the judges sit in different locations around the arena okay um so they're not sitting next to each other and because if something's happening in a certain corner they're all seeing it from the same perspective um and i think it would be advantageous if they were seeing it from three different perspectives and and that's an easy thing to do, right? You just give them three different seats.
2: Yeah, that part seems like it would be the quickest fix.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um and then the other thing is I would just get more clarity about what it means and this is this is such an old topic, but it still
2: yeah, <laughs> needs well to
3: be resolved is what does it mean to break someone's weapon using your robot? Okay. Like, let me ask you a, a. Let me put a stupid scenario just for the sake of conversation. Sure. Uh, let's say duck is fighting bronco. Bronco throws duck ten feet up in the air. Duck reaches the apex of the launch. Okay. Um, and f- freeze that moment in air, and duck hasn't received any damage. Okay. Now gravity takes over and duck is thrown against the steel floor and breaks the wheel. Okay. Did Bronco do that? Hmm. Is that Bronco's damage to duck or did duck get damaged by the arena?
1: That is a good point.
3: Um, I think the answer is Bronco did it, but it brings up the comparison of if a robot like duck, which is a RamBot, throws itself against its opponent weapons and its opponent weapons breaks, isn't that the same as Bronco using the floor? It's it I'm not saying it's right or wrong, it just really needs to be clear.
2: I understand because there are some fights too that I've seen. I don't know if they're always consistent. I mean, there's some things with aggression too. I mean, a lot, I think a lot of these need to be fleshed out a little bit more cuz aggression sometimes how do you how do you judge aggression when it's maybe say a horizontal spinner where it's just an on-off switch? And if it's double jeopardy, do they get aggression points for shooting their one cannon shot? It, you know, there's so many different robots here that it's kind of hard to paint everything with the same brush
3: stroke. Right, and, and I, I understand it's hard to determine if duck hitting a weapon breaks the weapon or the robot would have broke on its own because it's overheating or whatever. It's, it's just difficult. So the third thing I would do is if I was king of BattleBots, And this is my favorite thing. Okay. I think all the judges should have a big red button in front of them. And if the three minutes is up and they don't really know who won, they slam the button and it goes another minute.
2: Over time. Interesting.
3: I like that. Wouldn't that be entertaining?
2: Yeah, like a red light minute? Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah, and uh, you know everyone in the audience would love to see one more minute of two bots going at it when they're not sure who won.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean it kind of would it, it kind of add some strategy to it too because you know you figure most robots are set up to go three minutes at the most. If you make them go that extra minute, maybe some you know maybe some of them gambled and you know set themselves up for three minutes thinking they'd get the win or yeah. m- you know. That's interesting. Yeah, that could be. That could be very good. Cool. I like so, that. BattleBots overtime. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Especially if the le- yeah, if it flashed red in the um in the circle, yeah, that would be pretty good. Now, I was curious you you mentioned something about the floor. Um there's been rumors that the floor might be replaced this coming year. Do you think that would hurt or help a future version of Duck? Because I think there's some teams that this might be good for a lot of teams that, you know, drag their wedge along the ground that may or may not get stuck now. But some teams I think it might hinder. What do you think that would be for Duck?
3: Um, I don't think it would make any difference to Duck. Okay. Um, The issue with the floor isn't that it's good or bad. It's that teams don't know if it's going to be good or bad. So they don't know what to plan for. Hmm.
2: That's true. true. Yeah, Um, it's... It's kind of. I I
3: think everyone would prefer a seamless, strong floor. If it can't be a reality because of budget reasons, then everyone should know that there's going to be seams, and they have to deal with it.
1: (sighs) I don't know. We were talking to uh, the huge boys, and they said, "Add more hills." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they want as treacherous as possible. I'm (laughs) guessing
2: (laughs) because they do. So now. Curious, I, it seems like you've kind of given us a synopsis of your season so far. Um I know you probably can't tell us any changes that you might do in a next version of Duck, but w- are you thinking that there will be changes or are you going to try and basically just um you know, make stronger what's already working for you?
3: Uh there will be dramatic changes. Hmm. Um but We've decided definitely not to go to the dark side and add a kinetic weapon. So our challenge is to try and figure out how to make a robust lifter bot that can actually win the giant nut. So we've decided to take on that challenge rather than building another destructive weapon.
2: Answer that. I,
1: I appreciate that because it, it seems like a lot of these guys that are just getting introduced, some of the newer teams, I mean, it's all just a bunch of spinning metal.
3: Yeah, it's kind of boring teams, sometimes. Some of the older teams, their names don't make any sense anymore. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, it's Anyway, true. Uh, yeah, yeah, so no, one ahead. of the things that's really stupid <clears throat> about the current Duck, and we just didn't have time to rethink it, is. The lifter shouldn't lift the whole plow. Okay. Because once you do that, it exposes the chassis to damage.
1: True.
3: Um, The protective plow part should stay connected to the chassis, and the lifter should move independently of that.
1: You know, now that you say that, that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, Never would have. That's something I never would have thought of. Like, you know, lifting the plow, that's a... It it's a good it, it's all it's been good, but now that you say it like that, it's like, oh well why didn't why wasn't that thought of? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just one of those things that, you know, being able to iterate uh season over season, uh, you know, it's just those little design changes that end up, you know, getting you with the the giant nut. Now yeah. there's so obviously there's a lot of new teams this year uh having success would so this week's episode was basically they were all play-in matches in a in a sense do you think that was more to try to get some like more like i guess known teams into the top 16 whereas it looked like some of these teams were having not the greatest of seasons but in a way it it was to get some more notoriety back up into the top of the bracket
3: no uh it was because there were so many two-and-two two teams.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Did Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: And and I, I, I was really happy about it. I know a lot of other people thought it was a really smart way to resolve it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would have been a little pissed off if I hadn't been in the 16, but there were a lot of teams ahead of me that had better records, so it would have been easy for BattleBots to justify it. So to give teams like mine, who are also two and two, another chance to get into it, made made everyone happy, and and it led to a lot of good matches. Right? It was a it was a good episode. I thought.
2: Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, did they did they kind of explain to you how the matches were picked? I mean, did they just somewhat do a ranking of teams nine through twenty five and say here we go nine versus twenty five, or did they even explain the method to their madness?
3: They didn't explain it.
2: Okay. Because there was a few fights. Like, I thought... I did think Duck versus Yeti made sense. Um, I didn't necessarily think Huge versus Hypershock made sense, though. Because I thought those were two maybe top 15 teams. So, But some of them kind of made sense. Like, Son of I think they took on um, Copperhead. That kind of made yeah. sense. That, that sort of seemed like teams... In the front and the back of those rankings, um, were you expecting another rumble before they said anything?
3: Uh, I was just sitting there with my fingers crossed, hoping there wouldn't
1: be another. Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, you and I are different in that respect. I was kind of bummed when uh, they came out and there was there was the one three way, but there was there was no last chance rumble. And yet, if there's yeah. one person that does not want another rumble, we're speaking
2: <laughs> to them. <laughs> so uh. uh
3: you you kind of have to visualize it, right? We're all in the pit sitting around, we're exhausted. Uh it's towards the end of the two weeks and we don't know what our future is. And then they get on the megaphone and tell us the results and I hear Duck versus Yeti. I'm just like, "Oh my god, we're still in it. Let's go get ready." I I don't even know who else was in the tournament at that point. It was just super focused and excited.
2: Now, last question about Yeti, and we won't harp on it anymore. How did you feel about his bot this season? It kind of felt like when he you know, took those forks off after that bite force match that he really started turning it on this season.
3: Yeah, it was funny. When we were in the pits after our uh, match with, against um, Bombshell, mm-hmm. he came over to us and, and said, you know what, um, I'm going to stop trying and doing the lifters myself. So they put the lifters, his, he put his lifters on a separate radio so that someone else could do it. Okay. And then he just said, screw it, I'm just getting rid of them. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you got this big drum. Why are you going to make it cute? Just let that thing do the work.
3: Yeah. And you know it it, it fits his personality too. He just wants to go bash.
2: That's great. I mean, you know, I mean, if you rewatch that fight against uh, Bite Force of his, a lot closer than it first may have. Well, you know, watching it the first time, it was pretty darn close actually. And I heard some people that were there say, you know, Bite Force was kind of up against the ropes there.
3: Yeah, yeah, he was.
2: all right, now, I know you've seen everything, so we can't really, you know, discuss, you know, going forward. But let me ask you, as a veteran, successful builder in this, um, to the lay fan, it might look like Bite Force is still unbeatable. Um, how do you think someone should go about beating
3: Bite Force? Why do... Well... <laughs> this is kind of a rhetorical question, but why do people think Bite Force looks unbeatable? He looks yeah. unbeatable because he hasn't lost, which I guess is the definition of unbeatable, yeah. right? But when you look at it, it doesn't look unbeatable to me. No,
2: I think it's just the aura of the team right now. It's just they've won so many straight that if I was, I mean I know you know that if if I was a betting man and somebody said, "Hey, you got to bet your life
1: on one of these teams," it would probably be Bite Force right now. Brian? I don't know. I like I like death roll and their self writer. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, I. You know me. i I mean, bite force is a is a good bot. Obviously, hasn't lost. Um, but I. You know, obviously they almost have. They've come quite close to losing a couple of times last year in the tournament to huge, and then like you said this year to yeti. So it's. I don't think it's that they're unbeatable. It's that. They just haven't quite you know, made the, the final push to put them down for good. Well, and how,
2: if you're not a football
1: fan, excuse me, but they kind of feel like the Patriots, where even when everything's not going
2: right, it seems like the other team fumbles a ball right into their arms or just seems like luck yes. tends to go their way <laughs> to an extent, too.
3: Yes. I, when I think of Fight Force, I think of you make your own luck. Understood. They work really hard before during and after the tournament and they've got a lot of very talented people on their pit crew mm-hmm. so they're they're like the closest thing there is to a professional battlebots team and because of all that hard work and good thinking they get lucky well yes right i mean their they're match against um bronco bronco didn't work and True. You know, tombstone, tombstone. They just keep getting lucky, but it's all to their credit. If that makes sense.
2: No, it does. So now back to the original question though. What do you think just hypothetically speaking, it
3: would take to beat a bite force? I think Bite Force's weakness, if it has one, is it can't turn very quickly. Okay. In fact, it can't go very fast. It's very methodical. And torquey and deliberate. Hmm. Um, that's why I thought uh Hypershock had a pretty good chance against it. because um, he's kind it. of the opposite, he's fast and squirrely. Um and he he had an opportunity to beat by force in his match. But
2: yeah, there was a couple bite. openings that he just quite just maybe just missed by a couple of inches sometimes, yeah. some wide open shots.
3: Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think it's good for the sport to have a team like Bite Force that, like like the Patriots, where they kind of set the standard and everyone's out to beat them.
2: Yeah, you either love them or hate them, I guess. And yeah. gonna, actually, I, I can't say that because I don't hate that team. I mean, they're
1: not. Well, like like Hal said, it's, uh, it seems like a professional BattleBots team. It doesn't seem like, I, and not to, you know, say anything negative about it but it's not it's not a team we'd have on this podcast joking around about hot dogs (laughs) you could
3: they're actually pretty funny
1: but okay
3: um they wouldn't come on the podcast if they had some work to do on their robot (laughs) they have their their priorities
1: (laughs) so what you're saying is get them after the season when they're when they're not building (laughs) i guess so
2: now you know one of the things we talked to some other builders and other people that were there about some bots that maybe didn't get a ton of attention this year, but that they were impressed with a couple of times I heard Marvin and I heard that that was a very innovative weapon. If they can just kind of flesh that out. Um, I know that's Hannah's deal mostly, but how did you feel about Marvin season? And what do you think possibly, well, I guess we'll have to figure out if there's going to be a Marvin 2.0, first of all, but how did you feel about um, her season?
3: Marvin had a number of different innovations in it. Uh, the first was that it was driven by a friction drive. There, there were rubber rollers inside that spun the weapon around. Hmm. So there are no gears or belts. Interesting. Um, and the idea behind that was that the rubber rollers would um, absorb shocks and not break. And those worked... Really, really well. Okay. Uh, I wish everything else had gone well because then we could brag more about that technology. It worked (laughs) really well. Um, The idea of having a plastic dome for the weapon, uh, which could have been a stupid idea, turned out to work really well also. Yeah. Um, It survived all its matches and um, didn't fail. But the part that we didn't expect was the hinged steel teeth kept breaking off. Yes, I did see that. And once that happens, there's, the whole robot looks stupid. So I felt really bad for Hannah because the robot was working really well except for this one fatal flaw and it made her look bad. Um, and we worked like crazy to figure out how to solve that. We tried lots of different... Uh, steel hinges we tried uh, shock absorbing them we tried all kinds of stuff and nothing worked they Mm -hmm. just kept breaking off Um, in the match that she won against Axe backwards we had her turn off the weapon to manipulate stuff and then towards the end of the match turn it back on Mm -hmm. Um, just to do some damage that way instead of having them break off in the beginning. So she actually ended up winning that match. But um, it was really frustrating.
2: Well, understood. And do you think that we'll see a 2.0 of that? Or are you you two going to possibly try some kind of something different?
3: We're talking about a lot of different options, and it's complicated because we don't know if there's a Season 5, and Hannah's in high school now, and she's going to be on her first robotics team. Mm. And so all that stuff happens around the sound, same time, so we're not sure. Uh, one option we've considered is doing a duck multibot. Hmm.
0: Um,
3: so doing two lifters, two little lifters. Um, we've considered uh, having her do the lifter on one big duck, and then we've considered bringing Marvin back. So Okay. We, we just need more input from Battlebots about what to do.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I think that always seems to go without saying. But God, her bo- her robotics team has got to just be chomping at the bit. Like it's got to be a bit <laughs> of a celebrity on that, right?
3: You know, it's kind of funny in her school. Uh, you're not really allowed to talk about what you do outside of school because there's a lot of kids who are, you know, like champion dancers and champion horseback riders so it, it, there's a culture of keeping that stuff quiet
2: hmm. oh wow i didn't know there was such thing as a humble high school
3: but yeah it's kind of a unique place it's a private all-girls school in palo alto and um oh okay oh, okay kind of progressive and liberal
2: oh that's cool like i said you know yeah especially yeah in that area that would probably be yeah, true. You wouldn't want everybody just kind of bragging about everything they do. But yeah, that'll be interesting. Are you, do you get to go to those matches, though, if they have robotics competitions?
3: Yeah, I'd like to. Um, I coached the team for a couple of years okay. before she got into high school. Um, but I'm not doing it this year. I
2: wonder whose request that was. Is <laughs> <laughs> she just like, there's no way you're coaching this team? Dad, no.
3: No, no, actually, it was the other way around. She does want me to coach, but I think the school frowns upon possible nepotism.
2: Understood. I mean, I, I think you would probably be harder on her than anybody else, but I understand oh, ab-
3: that. Ab- absolutely, yeah. <laughs> now, unfortunately, first, FIRST is a great program. It's really, really fantastic.
2: You're kind of right there in the shadow of Stanford. I can't imagine that would be a bad thing as far as robotics is concerned. But- yep. Cool. Um,
3: The school is one block away.
2: Oh, wow. Uh, Now, I know she was still right there, but did you miss having Hannah on your team this season?
3: I did, actually. I missed the kind of family team thing. I'd I'd like to bring that back if I can.
2: That's all. I mean, one of the first times I did some research on you, one of the things I saw was a Google image of her probably about three or four and i wasn't going to bring this up whenever she was on just embarrass her but you're holding her up as she's working a remote control i get one of the smaller events <laughs> and it was really cute and it just kind of in a nutshell to me kind of said you know what this is about to you and i'm sure this is you know really important to you and i think that's outstanding to be honest with you
3: yeah that was kind of a great moment that someone videotaped um she was driving in her first competition, and she was so short she couldn't see.
2: Huh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I had to lift her up in the air so that she could see.
2: What weight class was that? Do you remember?
3: Yeah, that was a 60-pounder.
2: She started 60? Jeez. And I'm like thinking about building a one-pound somewhere and thinking that's a big deal. But <laughs> wow. That is Not amazing. Not only was she
3: driving a 60-pounder, but she took second place. How old was she? Uh, seven. Oh good gosh. She uh she actually beat um the Brazilian team that does Minotaur. Oh. She beat their 60 pounder in the semifinals.
2: So she's the talent's been there for a long time. We didn't really get to see her until I mean we saw her when you had Ringmaster, but we really, yeah. you know, they kind of made mention of her last year when she uh captained Duck a couple of times, but yeah, I guess we didn't we were kind of surprised then, but I guess this has been a long time coming, I guess.
3: Yeah, she's, we've been doing it together since she was six or seven. Yeah.
2: Oh man, you had something, Brian. I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. All right. So, um, curious as far as your bots are concerned, what's your off season like? Are you fighting in any events? Are you? Are there times that you just don't talk battle bots, or are you kind of constantly tweaking and thinking about it, even when? you know, you're at dinner or just whatever's going on?
3: Um, I've never gotten into the little insect robots. Okay. And a lot of people do that uh, because they're local and they're not that big a deal. You just, you know, you put it in your car and you go. Um, And a lot of the best drivers are so good because they practice with the little ones. Like the Vasquez family, They, they go to a lot of, Insect tournaments, okay. and that's where they learn to drive so well. But I've just never been interested in the little ones. Um, I used to do Robo games a lot, mm-hmm. but they don't do that anymore. So now it's it's just BattleBots. Um, in the off season, I don't. I'm I'm not willing to start building until the season's been announced because you could spend a lot of time and money and not using it. Oh, yeah. But what I do is experiment. With different ideas, so right now I'm trying to get the hang of using brushless motors.
2: Oh wow! I didn't think that we'd ever see you go that direction.
3: I keep trying every year, and I just don't feel confident enough to use them. So I'm trying to get to the point where I am. It's 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 an excuse to learn something new. Because um, there are some serious advantages. It's just not as simple as plugging them in and turning a knob
1: now what are the drawbacks like what what are the failures that a brushless motor experiences over a brushed
3: brushed motors are super simple they're like caveman technology um and the controllers that control them will work just fine unless you hook them up incorrectly and they blow up uh Brushless controllers are basically using a computer to sequence the phases of the uh, coils inside. Okay. So you're really depending on feedback between the computer inside the escape and the motor talking to each other so that it knows what direction to spin and how fast. Um, And there literally are... Dozens of parameters that you can tweak to get it to work right, and if you get one of them wrong, it just doesn't work right. It the motor will um will will won't spin in the right direction. It'll um what's what's it called um the word's not coming to me. But it'll, it'll like go chatter.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Spinning.
3: Like in the, in the um, copperhead match, you can see that their uh, weapon didn't start spinning right away. Yeah, It went in the wrong direction a little bit, and it went in the right direction, then it went back and forth, and then it spun up. Okay,
2: yeah, they said there was something like a 1-in-5 chance that that would happen, and I guess it happened in that match. Yeah. Okay.
3: Um, So, you don't want that to happen. No. So, that's the risk of using the brushless ones, unless you have it really dialed in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minotaur had the same problem in the first half of the tournament, where the... um, The ratio of their motor to their belt was too high, so the startup torque of the brushless motor wasn't strong enough to start it spinning. Um, Hmm. And when they tested it in the box, it worked fine, but when they put it in the arena, it didn't, just because it's so close to maybe not working Hmm. that it's susceptible to gremlins. So (laughs) I'm trying to get a brushless system that I think is reliable enough that I don't worry about it.
2: Okay, yeah, because I mean, reliability is kind of one of the things you hang your hat on. It seems like with Duck, I mean, you're getting consistency from that bot every match.
3: And yeah, yeah, I'm using old school technology and protecting it the best I can.
2: Okay.
1: Um. Well, all right. Yeah, I was going to go off topic, so I didn't know if Brian had any more on topic. So the only. Well yeah, the only real on-topic question I had was so unfortunately we know now that you're where your season came to an end. Uh what were some of you, what was your favorite newcomer this season uh to the arena? Cuz you have guys like uh I guess they're not really newcomers, but death roll they went 4-0 and obviously I loved their theme. Let's go with that. What what was your favorite uh new theme this year on some of these bots? I didn't have one.
3: <laughs> but I did have a favorite new bot. OK uh, which was quantum. Mm. That thing is an engineering marvel, uh, both in what it accomplished, in you know, biting with that much force, and in the aesthetics. It, 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 it looks even better in person. Um, it's just beautifully engineered.
2: Okay, and um, it's terrorizing even on television, by the way.
3: Yeah, and, and this, if you could take the hood off and see some of the stuff underneath, it, it just looks like NASA built it. It it's, it's just a beautiful machine.
2: Okay, yeah, I mean, I think whenever it was fighting somebody that I was rooting for, such as you— I really was scared for the bot when that thing was coming at you. I really was. And I just, when I'd see the teeth sinking down, it was almost like something was biting into me. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, I'm going to see that thing in my nightmares.
3: So, Yeah, that's another. I mean, they just destroyed us. But uh, our strategy for that match was, you know what? They're going to bite us at least once. Yeah. We're just going to fit in there. So let's kind of let them bite us. And then we'll hammer them. Hmm. But it didn't look like hammering. It looked like a animal being eaten alive trying to escape.
2: I can't argue because I watched it again the other day. And that was a bit, it was kind of like an animal flailing to try and get out of the teeth of a you know, predator. So, unfortunately, yeah. that time, I, I will agree with you, the optics were very bad for Duck on that one. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's was no one? way we're the only thing it
3: needed was blood squirting out of our chassis.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it when it finally caught on fire, I was almost expecting something like like seeing an oil leak almost or blood. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm just about expecting that at this point. Uh, that was not my favorite match as far as... I get squeamish for the teams I like, and that was not a good one for me. Yeah. All right. So now, let's see here. I'm I was curious, by the way, um, you know, we obviously know you've got, well, actually, one last question about the sport. And this one, this one's just really basic. Why do you love this sport? I assume you do because I can't imagine somebody spending this much time and money to get the crap kicked out of something unless they love
3: it. Um, If you go up to a kid and they find out that you're on BattleBots, they will instantly start volunteering all their ideas for the bots that they want to (laughs) build. And it's because it's one of those games where the rules are really simple, but the solutions are really difficult and approach infinity.
0: Hmm.
3: So it's just really fun to think about what can you build that will beat all the other bots in an arena in three minutes it's just a really fun problem to think about um but it's at a scale that someone like me can actually compete um you know if i got into drag racing i couldn't just build a dragster and go out and compete (laughs) Um, but i can build a battle bot um so I think that's why it's the right scale and it's just a really interesting problem to work on.
2: Yeah, and I do, I mean, I've seen I've seen people's eyes light up when they talk about kids asking them, well, why this or why not this and why not that? So I, I do, yeah, I can see that. That could hit home with me, just seeing kids' eyes light up and just seeing the gears turning in their heads. And even Jameson told us, it's the reason he's in engineering. He, not the reason he's doing robotics or battle bots. It's the reason he's doing engineering, period, is because of BattleBots. So anytime you can right. bring somebody like that into the career, that's a pretty good thing, I think. So all right. All right. So now I got some off topic questions for you. Um I don't know if we've ever asked you what your day job is.
3: Uh currently I
1: am a full-time inventor.
2: Okay.
3: That's my
1: dream job. is it?: Well, it's better than what I'm doing
2: now: I mean, I'm a part-time <laughs> inventor, but my wife doesn't seem to you know particularly love some of the things I try, but
3: Yeah, I did a bunch of other stuff before. What I do now that made it possible for me to do what I do?:
2: Okay. Do you have a workshop where you you know build like your iterations of duck, or is that something you do out of your house?
3: A uh, workshop.:
2: Okay. Yeah, and occasionally I know Ray had said sometimes that he's got the stuff in the garage that he tinkers with, and that he takes it to a garage. So um, I'd seen on Facebook that you went to Europe this summer. I was curious what your favorite place was, and maybe if you remember what the best, um, where the best place you ate was, because at some point I'm taking a Euro trip, so I'm looking to farm ideas here.
3: Right. So we went to Europe. This year we went to London first because, I don't know if people know this, but my wife Kathy is a playwright,
0: Hmm,
3: so she had a play reading in London, Um, so that's where we started. We went to London, and we've been there a bunch of times because she's had some different productions there, and we love London. Um, Then we went up to Edinburgh, where I had never been before, and it's really cool. Huh. Uh, it's this town built around an ancient castle or fortress and so this really interesting mix of old and new and it's a beautifully designed city and people were super friendly and uh, we love that and then we went to Ireland and Ireland was okay mm-hmm. it wasn't as magical as Edinburgh in my opinion Um and people in Ireland, a lot of the social life and culture is around drinking, and I don't drink, so oh, okay, I felt a little left out. Fair enough. <laughs> um, regarding food, uh, I have a little unusual recommendation, which is one of our favorite things to do when we visit other countries is to go on walking food tours.
0: Hmm.
3: Um, so you get to walk around and get to know the town, And you get to eat at all these great little places. And as you're walking, the tour guide gives you a little history lesson. Um, We just found it's a great way to learn about a town and figuratively and literally get the flavors of the area. Um, So we did some really good walking tours in all three cities.
1: That would be fun. Yeah, my wife and I do that in the States here when we travel sometimes. We'll do like walking food tours and hope you just a lot of times you just kind of hope that the tour is not too spread out. <laughs> the, last <laughs> one, the last one we went on was, was pretty spread out, and some of the food wasn't really worth it. Uh, they get unlucky.
3: Uh, yeah, we've been super lucky and had some great food. So.
1: Well, you did it in Valdosta, Georgia, right? No, it was in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, <laughs> actually. <just> kidding. Sorry.
2: <laughs> oh. All right. Got to um, get that
1: North Carolina barbecue, man.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: all right i don't I, i'm all right now i've got some these are kind of battle botsy they're just sort of like hot takes that maybe i've thought at some point and don't necessarily believe but they maybe popped I don't in my should head should i
1: ask my question while we're on the subject of food yeah go ahead you, you can lead yeah off. because hal you know this is coming um i and i have to get your take from an experienced builder is a hot dog and a bun a sandwich no yes
3: It is not a sandwich. And you know how I know that? Why? Because if you go to a sandwich shop, they never have hot dogs. (laughs) And if you go to a hot dog place, they don't call it a sandwich. There you go. And who would know more about whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not than a sandwich
1: place and a hot dog place? You know, this question starts to lose its luster when people just keep disagreeing with me. But I love it (laughs) because I... (laughs) and i and that's the thing it's like the answers are getting so thorough and like so owning me so hard that i just don't have a retort for it it's like i can't argue that because all of that is true and how comes at you with logic based too this isn't just opinion it's It's
2: great that's why i can't argue about
3: about it i had time to think about it okay
2: <laughs> All right, now these are these are just things that popped into my head at some point during the Battle Bot season. Um, the first one, Bronco's going to have to go back to the drawing board this off season. Agree or disagree uh, or kind of disagree? Okay. Sounds good. I mean, they
1: did, have some, they did have some hiccups this year that I think they could just make right and get back to where they were. All I want people to agree on is that the plangers need to be removed. That's it.
2: It, it hurts sometimes, I thought, too. Um, now, next one. People are going to start mimicking the ablative armor that was on Shatter and some other bots.
3: Disagree. Okay. Well, no, I'm not saying nobody will, but I don't think it's going to become the new meta.
2: Okay, okay, that's fair enough.
3: I mean, like I said these uh, aren't, the the hub- are the optics bad. I mean, when pieces of your robot are all over the place.
2: That's one thing I, and I've mentioned that before. I said even, even though it's doing its job, I think when you're judging, you see piece on floor equal damage, and you start marking that down for damage. So:
3: yeah, it, it just doesn't look good, and I know it does some I'm not going to tell them not to do it. I mean it's a good idea and they're trying it but it's not something I would be excited about trying. Understood.
2: And finally this one um Unicorn was sent as a Russian spy mission to obtain technology and Deep Six was actually a CIA operative that was sent to keep tabs on them.
3: That is absolutely true. All right, I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Um I didn't
3: you know, Hannah's teammate Julia uh, is Russian and she speaks Russian and she was talking a lot with the Russian team.
2: I I saw that she. Go ahead,
3: I'm sorry. And I kid you not, there were some people in the pits who were seriously considering that as a conspiracy. Oh, wow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if somebody told us that she speaks at least four languages, too.
3: Uh, I don't know. She only yeah. spoke two to me. So. Well,
2: yeah, it must be nice to be that smart, I gotta say. Um, <laughs> She's pretty
3: friggin' smart.
2: Yeah, and then at one time out of nowhere, they pulled somebody from another team who I'd never seen before that was doing the Russian interpretation. I actually said, I'm like, hey, where's Julia at? And they pulled somebody from... Uh, the spinning team that was out of california too Cronos? yeah they, they put that lady from chronos there she kind of looked like a russian spy herself the way she was dressed but anyhow all right um <laughs> that was a weird episode you and Your again.
1: conspiracy theories
2: and then now i have to ask my little kid with this work question a horizontal hammer what does that mean Um, Well, instead of, you know how most hammers, like, um, let's see, extinguisher or shatter, the hammer is coming at you from, like, a 90-degree angle, like, straight up and down? What if one hit from side to side?
3: So it's stationary until it activates and hits?
2: Correct. I know this probably isn't going to work. I just wanted to hear somebody tell me no on it.
3: Well, the reason hammers even the ones that go up and down are limited in their effectiveness is because there's nothing holding them down to the earth. Okay. So when they hit, the bodies can lift up and the force is limited. Like when duck flails. <laughs> um, so you have the same problem with a horizontal hammer, which is uh, Newton's laws get in your way. When you hit something, it's your hammer is going to rebound at, the same force as it hit the other guy not saying it wouldn't work it would only it's just limited by how much how well it would work
1: it's okay you can tell them that it won't work
2: every time somebody they say that you know people come up with all these different ideas i wanted to come up with my own idea no matter how bad it was and that popped into my head one night so i just wanted to have somebody tell me why it wouldn't work and I don't think it would, but okay. <laughs> I've had
3: I've had three people in the last week email me and say that duck should have a pneumatic spike. Hmm. And I it see. doesn't work for the same reason. You're just pushing yourself away from your opponent.
1: Yeah, okay, I could see that. That yeah, makes that's sense. That's why weapons that swing up work so well because then it's it's when it when you make contact it's anchoring your bot into the ground. And the sky does not anchor the other bot very well.
3: Hmm. Exactly. The Earth is very heavy. (laughs) And your vertical spinners are pushing against the Earth.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, gravity always wins, too, I guess. Um, Well, we won't keep you. I know you did another podcast the other day, so I appreciate you coming on. Um, Did you have any new sponsors this season?
3: Nope, it's ProtoLabs all the way. Go ProtoLabs. Everyone use ProtoLabs. ProtoLabs.com. They're awesome.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I've been on that site. So, yeah, we won't keep you. Um, hopefully we can talk to you in the off season and see what you're working on. But as always, Hal, thank you so much. We appreciate sure. it.
3: Sure. You didn't want to talk about any of the other matches? I, I will. I mean, I didn't know if we were was trying to— You know to, us. We'll talk
2: forever. I didn't want to burn you out because we knew you did something else. But, um, I, yeah, we can't because we were, you know, thinking about talking about him on our own. But if we've got a great builder and, uh, you know, team captain here with us, that's more than fine. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. Out of the At that time, if you want me to stick around, otherwise I'll I'll sign off.
2: Oh, we're never we're not going to kick you out. Heck no. Yeah,
1: um, you're, you're going to have to leave. You're just going to have to leave us. All
2: right, um, <laughs> were there any out of the fights out of the elimination fights? Was there any that you considered a big upset, or even a mild upset?
3: No. Would you?
2: Not particularly. I guess I. If you'd have asked me mid-season, I would have thought Cobalt would have mopped the floor with Minotaur, but late in the season, no, not necessarily. Um, how, the, how did you feel about the three-team rumble? That was the only rumble we got. It, at least from a lay point of view, kind of looked like Uppercut sort of sat it out and let everybody else do the heavy lifting and then just kind of came in and cleaned up.
3: Yeah, I didn't like that. Really? Um, but again, I don't like rumbles. I don't think there should be rumbles, but I don't think there should be rumbles and oh i'm I'm king of battlebots again.
1: There are no rumbles <laughs> can there be exhibition rumbles? Yes, sweet, okay, Whew, I thought you were taken away altogether. I was gonna revoke no, your crown
3: no no rumb- <laughs> no rumbles that matter, and uh no mini bots
2: i I could concur with that i especially this season, the only mini bot I found. Mildly amusing was that stick that Kronos used. And just because yeah. it was kind of simple, yet you had to drive around the stupid thing to get to the bot.
1: Yeah, I guess. I no, mean, I'm, that, I'm with you, Hal. Mini bots can go, unless they're a drone that is actually going to get close enough to get destroyed. That's my only recommendation. Well, I'm, I'm
3: fully in favor of multi-bots. Huh. I think that's a really interesting strategy that hasn't been explored enough. But mini bots are just annoying. <laughs> Nobody wins when there's a mini bot it <laughs> hmm.
1: I feel like that weight can be better used somewhere else in the main bot.
3: Half the mini bots are there so that somebody's kid can drive it it
1: yeah <laughs> it's, just
3: not, it's just not part of the strategy. It's just gratuitous
2: I agree i mean it was, it was cute on some of them, but I think like the narwhal that uh what's it called? Kraken had? Yeah, that was just the kid driving around the corner. So yeah, I mean, I think most of them were like that this year. And considering the best I can say about any of them was it got in the way a little bit, I I didn't really see much of a use for them this season either.
3: I think part of the reason I'm so against them is BattleBots is just getting really hard. Every robot is so good. And there's so many different types of robots that are so good now. There's Crushers and whatever the hell huge is and (laughs) verticals and you got cannons firing at you. There's just so much to deal with. And then you got this little mini bot that's going to get underneath you and high center you. It's just
1: give me a break. It's too hard already. (laughs) Now you mentioned huge. What was your reaction to hypershock coming out with giant rakes attached to it?
3: Uh, I was cringing and smiling at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I wasn't quite sure what to think. Um, uh, one part of me is like, does he think this is actually going to work? And then the match starts and it's like, well, maybe it is is going to work. Hmm.
3: Hats off to him for being entertaining.
2: Oh, yeah, indeed.
3: And it's not like he's entertaining because he can't do good, eat. He's not entertaining to overcome his incompetency. He's extremely competent and he's entertaining. So that's off for that.
1: Yeah. Hypershock was working really well this year. Um, and he's willing to
2: be both. And he knows yeah. that this is an entertainment tournament as well as, you know, a bot combat. And he's willing to do yeah. both. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, did you feel good for Al making the tournament finally? I say finally, like it's been on for 20 seasons. But, I mean, he's always felt like, you know, kind of a... This is amusing, but it doesn't... You know, it's not necessarily going to do much. But then he had a pretty good year and managed to get in the tournament. I don't think he's going to go far. But I was kind of happy for him, because I think flaming bot always makes for good theater. Uh,
3: Two-part answer. Part one is... I didn't care because I had just lost to Yeti and I was really pissed off and off by myself in the parking lot trying not to be so pissed off at myself. (laughs) Fair enough. I didn't care about anyone else's match at that point. Understood. Uh, Part two, watching it on TV, I thought, you know, isn't it ironic that he finally won a judge's decision and he never used his weapon?
1: That's what I was saying. Like, how on earth can you win that, get that decision when you never fired your weapon once right yeah I mean it was like
2: I said it, there, was, there was times that I didn't think um, the judging was consistent I guess you could say because that was when I was wondering yeah there, there was no weapon usage are they counting him for you know, not or helping rotator's weapon not work because I thought rotator just did that itself
3: but I don't yeah, know I guess you just have to assume that Al won all the aggression and control points
2: Yeah, it's true. Um, Yeah, I I can see that. Did you happen to catch Gruff versus Tombstone this season? Because that was when we had those guys on because they're local. They were really diplomatic about that decision, though, at least to us.
3: Oh, boy. Um, I know,
2: I know. It it just kind of feels like it's up your alley, obviously, and that you might
1: sympathize. Now how much are you regret staying on?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you that right after the match, they were, they were in the pits next to us and I went over and said, you guys deserve to win. Okay. Um, but it wasn't a clear case that they deserved to win. Right. Yeah. Um, Tombstone was still doing his thing. So true. It's just another one of those things. Let's just, just clarify the rules.
2: Yeah. I I, I, I said to them, I said, I didn't know what else they could have done in that match personally. But,
3: you know, I understand. Wouldn't that have been a great example of um, push the red button and go one more minute, see what happens?
2: Yeah, I would have loved that. I, don't, I mean, I think both of those spots were still going, too. So, I mean, it's not like they were done. I mean, exactly. There's, there's some of these fights where these guys are crawling to the finish line. But those two? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's that's another one along with you that I feel like could go six minutes. Sometimes I mean it's yeah. yeah. I like the, okay. I, I'm here. I hear you on that one. Um, what other match did we have there? Yeah, we had Rotator Blacks. Sonowayachi was probably the nine seed. Does that sound right to you? I mean, it just what kinda, do you mean? I mean, I guess like their fight versus Copperhead kind of to me was BattleBots telling us Son of was like the first one that didn't get in the top eight and that Uh-oh. Copperhead was the low seed. I don't
3: know. I yeah, I, I, I don't know if they thought about it that way.
2: All right. Um, I don't think anybody's going to... They, they're they not going to re-rank after this, would they? They couldn't put Son of Waiachi in the top eight or anything because I heard some people saying, oh, this team, this team, but I imagine the top eight are the top eight still. Al can't. Uh, I mean, Al can't uh, tell us that. So. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm speculating out loud. I He's apologize He's just trying here. to get you in trouble. No, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. Um, Oh, man. You saw Cobalt firsthand. Um, yeah, they, they seem to have that problem with the wedge, but I don't... I mean, I, I heard some people saying that, oh, that was a top 10 bot, and I could agree that they are top 10 as far as Destruction's concerned. But what was going on with that wedge in the second half of the season? I mean, they they can't hit anybody with that. Is that something that they need to redesign?
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was just a little too wimpy, which is surprising because the rest of the robot is so robust and thick. Yeah. So what about um, Cobalt versus versus Minotaur? Did you feel like Minotaur won?
2: Cobalt versus Minotaur? Um Uh I mean, I think, again, the wedge flying up in the ceiling probably lingers in your head, although that was really Minotaur feeding that into Cobalt's weapon, and Cobalt's the one that shot it up in the ceiling. Right. Um, I thought after that that Cobalt's weapon was rendered useless, so I guess I kind of gave it to Minotaur by default. That was one of those
1: ones, in, in my opinion, it it wasn't going to shock me either way. Uh, like I loved Cobalt when they started out the season, and... Like, just the as the season went on, the flimsiness of that front little wedge, like, just kept getting knocked off. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Because they quickly went from like top five in my book to what are you doing where here? Where they were, basically. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, it's just to play devil's advocate. Uh, Minotaur's weapon was broken, hmm. and for at least a third of the match, all they did was shove them against the wall. Yeah, and cobalt was still working. Their weapon was still spinning.
1: Huh. Yeah, unfortunately, they just didn't have that little wedge to feed them up into the weapon. So yeah, yeah,
2: I yeah. I mean, I guess that's are the judges? Is it, again that was a consistency thing? Are the judges really? Because there were fights that I thought that there was your fight against Lockjaw where I thought that like you know he's smoking ducks fine. Is does that factor into the uh, judging? And I guess yes and no. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Brian, what would you think about that one? Which
1: one? Like lockjaw versus duck? It again, it's another one of those that it, you know, the the decisions announced. I could see it either way. Um, but it, you know, you try to take it to the rules into account, but it's like you know, aggression. With, you know, but they say aggression with primary weapon, and it's like are you really consistent cuz then you go back to the Blacksmith fight from this week where they never fired their primary weapon and they were still able to somehow win. So it, it, again, it's the inconsistent judging I think has been one of the themes all season. In yeah, a way judging. Go ahead. Judging and the floor. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the floor. Oh, the floor.
2: Like, I could understand if they awarded more points for everything, but then you're just complicating things up. And I I sort of argued earlier in the season that I, I almost think that maybe not a, somebody that's never watched before, but even, like, an armchair fan should reasonably be able to watch a fight and tell who won. I guess that's my own opinion on that. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Let's see. Is... What? Oh, no. No, what? What? Come on. I was going to ask what his least favorite kind of weapon is, but I don't know if he wants to trash any other teams because of that.
3: Least favorite kind of weapon?
2: Yeah. That's used in battle bots or.
3: Um, Flames.
2: Okay. I don't really think they. I mean, I could see Gruffs maybe doing something if they could pen a team down in the corner, which you're not allowed to. But for the most part, yeah, that's just for show, I think you could say.
3: I'm just jealous because the flames don't do any damage, mm-hmm. but they look so good on the camera. Yeah, oh, they do. All the photos and highlights show flames. <laughs> so um, I'm just jealous.
2: If they do a new floor, do you want more, less hazards, or don't care?
3: Oh, I'm a I'm a purist. I think there should be a perfectly flat floor and no arena hazards. I can Just see bot that. against bot.
2: All right. That's understandable. Oh, I think this might be my final thing, and then we can probably let you go soon. I have rewatched the Duck Cobalt fight a couple of times now. Um, I'm still inconclusive. Do you think it's they stopped working, they got stuck, or that it's inconclusive at the end of that match?
3: They have said, Dave has said numerous times that they were still working, so I am going to believe him. Okay. I mean I, I have no reason not to. All
2: right. I, I just I you know I went back and I listened to what you said on our podcast and I didn't see any attempt to move from them and I wasn't sure it got stuck. So I was I was willing to think it was inconclusive, but you know, like you said, I'll I'll take his and your word for it. But I just wanted to revisit that we had talked to you the first time and you said you weren't exactly sure and that was one of the fights that you know a lot of people had talked about so I just thought I would revisit that for you or it doesn't matter cuz we won Exactly. <laughs> I know I mean I heard like I said there was um I'm not going to name but there was somebody ranting about cobalt like oh they should have been a top 10 bot and this and that and I just said you know it is what it is they lost and like everybody's got a lo- a loss on their record that they're not too happy about, except for yeah. bite force. So <laughs> like, Hey, uh, you know, the, the floor giveth and the floor taketh away. Or sometimes in your case, the floor giveth and the judges taketh away. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. Well, we will let you go. Um, all righty. I can't think of what's. it is. Oh, it's about seven o'clock there. So I guess you're good. Yeah. We'll uh, tell our wives that uh, we're done. They can, in the bachelorette session i guess that they're doing but thank you so much and uh hopefully we get to talk to you this off season again too
3: yeah the rest the last few episodes are going to be great there's some amazing matchups and uh i hope we finally put to rest the hot dog question
1: (laughs) i hope so too apparently it's been put to rest (laughs) and now i just i'm not gonna be able to ask it anymore it's it's, it's, How kind a, it's kind of a yeah somber, somber mood in the podcast
2: today <laughs> <laughs> think uh, of a new one <laughs> yes agreed alright thanks Hal Thank alright thanks for having me again alright good night
1: Folks, and we are back to round out this tidy little episode. Thanks again for Hal coming
2: on for a fourth time. It was cool that he was just like, Yeah, I'll keep talking.
1: Yeah, I mean, and really, we would talk forever. i you know, because he uh, well, I would say I would talk forever until my hot dog question just gets totally destroyed. Yeah, he came at you with logic there. It makes me just, it just. I'm distraught now.
2: Yeah, I just I didn't want to wear him out because I knew he'd done another interview recently. But um, he's always got some good things to say, and he loves the sport. And you know, I had to ask him about that just because I want to know sometimes. And Can we looks, go back to cool. the hot dog
1: question for just a second? Yeah, you're not going to let don't, that go. I are don't you? like how I I keep getting shot down, but it's by a different answer every time. It's like they're getting together and 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 thwarting me on this on purpose, I mean you know people are engineers, I think they kind of
2: know these things maybe maybe we need to do like a a different podcast maybe, maybe we need to have philosophers.
1: A chef. we we get a chef on our Battlebots podcast. If there's any chefs that build battlebots out there, call me uh, maybe Hal could ask his wife because he said she's a playwright, so maybe she'll look at it from like an abstract point of view I don't know. I'm bummed. Maybe I, I, I just got to formulate the question differently, maybe.
2: Okay. Like, is a
1: hot dog a pepperoni? <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody asked, like,
2: what... The, somebody asked the other day, are essentially tater tots and fries the same thing? And I'm like, no. A fry is like a cut-up potato, and a tater tot
1: just kind of seems like just a ton of potato bits smashed together and breaded. Well, yeah, it's... And it, In that instance, it's like Mexican food. Mexican food is basically the same stuff arranged in a different fashion. Yeah, or ground beef and like a cut of meat. Like it's... Well, yeah. I mean, obviously there's... But you can have a burrito and a taco that has the same exact stuff. It's just arranged differently. Yeah, that's why I gave up Taco Bell. It's all just the same stuff. But it's delicious. Like their breakfast. Oh, Taco Bell breakfast. Well, see this turned into a food podcast, really quick. <laughs> Let's get this no, Popeye's just, commercial lady on, and yeah. see what she has to say about it. Is a, Popeye's lady is a hot dog a sandwich?
2: She would probably tell us it's crap, and then to come eat Popeye's uh, chicken.
1: So bummed about that. So you know, all right, we 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 delved in a little bit about the uh, week fourteen matches with Hal. Yeah, so we don't really need to get into all that. Right, will.
2: We'll do like maybe ten
1: seconds. What about a What about a stud and dud of the week? Okay, um, stud of the week. I will go
2: with. It's got to be huge, right? I would say huge. I, huge. I mean, I would think I would think huge, or maybe quantum. Quantum looked well, then again, quantum's teeth broke, and they actually just became a push bot. So, well, can't to really be fair to though.
1: It, it, even without the teeth, it still crushes. I don't know how much farther down it would go. Like, maybe, it, you know, because ob- obviously it's not going to go far enough to drive its teeth into itself, so. Okay. I'll I, go with Huge. I love the Huge team, so. I just, honestly, I think Huge had the biggest win, if that makes any I sense. I agree,
2: and uh, you know what, like I was kind of trying to say to Hal, but I know, you know, he there's certain parameters that he can't really talk about. I was a little weird by the seating because I kind of felt like. Sunawayachi Copperhead, I thought that was a, a a sixteen seed and a one seed or or, or nine versus twenty-five in this, if you will. Now, but I felt like Oh, go ahead. Oh, I felt like Duck and not Duck. I felt like Huge and Hypershock was kind of like a twelve versus thirteen match. And I was wondering why they were paired together and why it wasn't say Duck versus Rotator and Hypershock versus Blacksmith or something.
1: Now I I think Hypershock and you know, the losses that it has suffered this year, one was to Tomb what, no, it wasn't Tombstone, was it? Uh or was it? Crap.
2: Man, we have to go back. Yeah. Maybe I
1: don't know. But it's Hypershock and Huge, they've both done very well this year. And No, they lost
2: to the Bite Force. Hypershock lost to Bite Force. That's
1: us. right. I was well, I was because I knew they had, had a pretty big opponent that they. I mean, they did get thoroughly owned by Bite Force. I thought, but a- actually, yeah, Hal I says mean, not so much.
2: It wasn't a complete and utter destruction like their fight last season when um, Hypershot got gutted yeah. in the arena. That was a big. That was like a you know <laughs> s- knockout. This was not. Well, yeah, that they're big a little a more
1: sturdy this year.
2: But I mean, you know, they had victories against Valkyrie, Monsoon. Um, The breaker box one, I guess, maybe factored in where, you know, Jim kind of let him off the hook when he could have taken that victory. Maybe that got factored in.
1: I don't know. In my opinion, though, Huge had had done enough, really. I mean, I know they lost a son of Wayachi, but it's like that's their ultimate weakness. Yeah. And I don't think they'd What bots on this card do you think maybe deserved not to be on this card? That deserved a buy? Yeah. Like what which ones would you have taken any of the top eight that did make it and put them back here? I personally would not have.
2: I understand arguments for Sanawayachi though. I think a lot of people were kinda of pointing at people were pointing at Sawblaze, and I thought Sawblaze had a good season. Um Yeah, I mean their only loss was to Tombstone. Their only loss was to Tombstone. I thought they had a solid season. I can see either way, if it would have been Son of in the that got a buy and and Hyper and yeah, and Sawblaze would have had to fight, I would have been okay with it, but I was also okay with the way it was set up, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, it's one of those cases like in the NCAA playoff where like the four team gets in and the five team complains. It was kind of like that where I was like, it's, it's a thin thread that, between these two, so I get it either way.
1: Yeah. I just... I do think for the most part they got the participants right. Maybe shuffle around some of the matchups just a little bit. But all in all, uh, decent fights. Like I said, huge. Definitely the, the stud of the week, I would say. The one fight that I was,
2: and I, th- I kind of made mention of this a little bit, the rotator-blacksmith fight, I kind of felt like that was two teams
1: probably ranked in the 20s. And, uh I think, was a decision by the judges that was absolutely wrong. Absolutely just... You saw Rotator won that? Absolutely.
2: Uh, I, I, I don't know if maybe they were paying Al back because he was pretty bitter about a couple decisions this year. I know the Sawblaze match in particular seemed to irk him. Where he was using his weapon that fight, and they didn't seem to give him any, you know, aggression or damage. I don't re- remember exactly how they scored that, but uh, maybe they were kind of giving him back a little bit. I guess I don't know. I mean, I didn't think there was a clear winner in that one, so that they just
1: went with who had the better looking fight. Well, I just I think when you've got your your main weapon knocked out by a rotator's weapon, so it's like at that point you can't give all the damage points to blacksmith or i mean i guess i mean maybe that's where all the or, i'm sorry the aggression points because then they're not scoring any aggression you know if you go by how the rules are written they're not scoring any aggression points with their primary weapon i just i don't know but in my opinion i just thought, i thought that was completely wrong but both rotators weapons were gone at the end of the match though well yeah by the end of the match but it's not like it's not like they wand- eh, wandered into the arena and never spun up. And this is kind of one of the things I had with the judging: is that we're
2: we're not even getting to who we think won the match. We're getting to who we thought did the best according to the way they score matches. Right. It's almost like talking about a football game where you're like, you're not saying whether it's a catch or not. You're like, well, according to the rules, he carried the ball to the ground and made a football move and said a prayer and shot a gun, and it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now we're getting so convoluted in this i don't know if i like i i go back and forth i don't know if i wanted to simplify it or make it more complex
1: now did you think towards like especially the last two fights they had for railgun max did you think that they were trying to get them out of the tournament since their weapon like just seemed to never keep working i don't think they wanted him four no because then they would have had
2: to put him in that top eight and I think everybody would have been chomping at the bit to fight them, like everyone. And I, you would probably see like you know somebody that was like a 15 seed just like salivating at that match, and then wiping the floor with them. And then that's not a great look, yeah. If one of their, so I don't know if that had anything to do with their judgment against free shipping. It's a TV show, so I understand they can kind of manipulate things a little bit how they want. But I don't know if they did that or not. I do think they were happier letting them kind of prove themselves cuz they went from potentially having a buy to you got to fight in a three-way
1: match. Yeah, it was uh <laughs> uh it was one of those ones where you could clearly tell they gave Gary Jinn the win and even he was shocked by it. I think the world was shocked by it. Like and uh, yeah, yeah wow. to an
2: extent. Now, what did you think about that fight, though? It, it kind of, to me, looked like Uppercut just sort of sat and let everybody fight and then swooped into the end.
1: No, I think Uppercut was more because they're just not that agile when their spinner is going full bore. So it's one of those things where I think they weren't having the best luck trying to get over there and then... Bloodsport kind of knocked themselves out so fast
2: at the same time the three team match last year that had in-game warhawk and team i forget in it yeah it was kind of the same way where warhawk sort of let in-game do the dirty work and then just came in and knocked them out at the end like oh we win so seen it before i guess i don't know i'm not saying like it was disgusting and this and that i just It's a strategy, I suppose. At one point, though, it looked like all three teams were just sort of standing there, and none of them wanted to make that first move. And it almost sounded like maybe they tampered the volume down on it, but that people were booing. (laughs) Like, come on, we didn't pay to sit here and wait like however long between matches just to see the three of you stand
1: there. Like, somebody hit somebody right now. Now, I do think one good thing that came from our interview was. The fact that Hal said he would get rid of rumbles unless they didn't matter. Like I I think really anytime you have a rumble, it really shouldn't matter. It's just for entertainment value.
2: Yeah, I mean if they did at like the end of the season, if they did a rumble, like during the last episode, and gave out some kind of, you know, five inch high trophy for it, like yeah. BattleBots
1: Rumble Champion, sure, why not? Um Yeah, maybe you take bots, say 17 through I don't know 6 ah who cares like 17 through 32 and you have four groups of four and then the winner of each of those is one final four team rumble I'm fine That's, with and that and then you got the rumble champion and they get to take home one of those giant bolts
2: maybe now I can throw out my idea for like another competition they can do at the end okay skills
1: competition
0: all right. You know how
2: they have that in, like, NHL and how they kind of do it in basketball, like, dunk contest? Yeah. I don't know exactly how this would work out, but number one, and they kind of did it and then seemed to shut it down, um, speed challenge. Like, uh, the obstacle course
1: that Hypershock did. Well, I think you can do that two ways. You can have just, like, straight, like a drag race, basically. Where you're just getting top speed? Right. Or, you know, they're just, like, straight line acceleration. Or you get... Uh, like a slalom. You could do like a speed through a slalom. That's another one. Yeah, I want to see like a
2: modicum of versatility. Like, give me a little bit of turns and some speed involved and let me see. I, I would favor Hypershock in this, but if they're in the big tournament, let's
1: let somebody else have a roll at it. Who knows? Yeah, and I'm sure you could do something like weapon that hits the hardest.
2: Yeah, that was actually I'm sure you another could come one. come
1: up with some sensors for
2: that. I was either going to do... Either like how far you knock back an inanimate object and then possibly a lifting contest. And maybe not necessarily just Hydra in it, but get some uh, get some vertical spinners that are spinning upwards that can like come and ram into something. Again, it can be something stationary, not a washer like in that one test they did. Right. Something just metal and about 200 pounds. See how high everybody can lift it. Highest flip wins that. I can see that. So that's... Those are like my 3 or 4ish competitions. They could probably burn through those in like 20 minutes on the final episode. Cuz you got to find something to do for those 2 yeah. hours, right? Or more rumbles. More whatever. I, I'm all for like a I'm all for a rumble at the end, so just a 5-minute 12-team rumble. Um any well, I guess the top 4 are a given, right? It's the undefeated teams yeah. essentially. Do you have any idea what you think the order is for those 4? because i'm worried i'm not worried but i think hydra might get the two seed based on the fact that they had four knockouts
1: no i would take i would hydra for me would definitely be four because if you look at their i guess you if you want to call it strength of schedule like it's nobody i mean really so it's gonna be they're gonna be four for me um so bite, I, think, I mean bite force you gotta leave at one because yeah. you know he's the champ until somebody beats him and then i go witch doctor probably i, I go witch doctor over death roll probably just based on the amazon show yeah as, I mean, we're as letting part that of it yeah in. i mean it, i shouldn't but i am and that thing it, oh it was nasty. i
2: understand that if, if like after the super bowl like there was a tournament a month later, and the Eagles
1: just kicked the crap out of everybody. You probably think maybe the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Well, it's almost like if you didn't watch any of the football season, but you watched the Super Bowl, it's like, how would the, you know, say say it's the Patriots, they won the Super Bowl, and you, that's the only game you watched, but then you're going to go back and watch the regular season because that already happened. It's like, how well do you think they'd do?
2: Yeah, it'll well, influence would Clearly,
1: it would've, they would have done pretty well. Yeah, I I would say it's gonna go
2: bite force. Um, I th- I'm gonna say Witch Doctor by the narrowest of margins, Hydra and Death Roll. I do think Hydra gets a bump over Death Roll, just because they didn't have any trouble with their matches. Cause they didn't fight anybody. No, nah, but I mean you can't quite help how bad Bronco did this season. So who knows?
1: Well, yeah, because those Plangers. Come on, Bronco! Get rid of the Plangers. But yeah,
2: I'm assuming we're going to get down to the final four this week. So, yay, BattleBots! Only two more weeks, and then, then we're. Oh, you know what though? I said four undefeated teams. I was wrong. A- according to at least what we've seen so far, there are five undefeated teams. Who got left behind in this tournament? I don't know. Extinguisher one and zero. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were robbed. I'm demanding justice for John.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it would have been (laughs) nice had we got to see them for more than a second. I know, but we're and I've I've talked to him, and he, I don't even if he if he
2: even knew he couldn't tell me. But we're kind of hoping that science is going to show those replays like after the season's over, because they really let that go. They should have just shown it over the Fourth
1: of July weekend. Who cares? Well, I mean, clearly there's enough time in the two hours. You got time for extra matches, you know, just Aramond Discovery yeah or if they even did like an all extras night or even or even throw those bonus matches in the when you replay because they replay it the previous week before the you know on like yeah like at yeah. Eight, it's seven o'clock to eight o'clock yeah Eastern they, time they replay the previous episode so why not just add in the bonus fight there yeah just
2: put them on so John can have a watch party I know his mom really wants to <laughs> come on. <laughs> Alrighty, folks,
1: well, that'll do it for Breaking Bots this week. Thanks again to Hal. Love you, guy. You're the best. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And give us all the likes, all the reviews, all the stars. Well, maybe not all the stars, but most of them.
2: And some Facebook comments. Who cares?
1: Yeah. Good night, all. Later. Music for the
2: Breaking Bots podcast is courtesy of Dan Moriarty and his band A Troop of Echoes, available on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Music. You can also check out his website, A Troop of Echoes, all one word, dot